Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of The Low and Zo Show. So we're very excited and feeling very grateful today that we have a, another really stellar interview with someone very special, uh, someone very well known in the sort of manifestation space online. Do you want to tell them who our guest is today, Zoe? Yes, our VIP, our very special guest is Erin Dowdy. And it's very synchronistic because today's episode of The Low and Zo Show is number 44. And uh, as you guys know, I might follow Erin on Instagram, Erin Dowdy 44. He just has some incredible life-changing and transformational content. I'm sure a lot of you are aware of him, but in today's podcast, we really dive into some incredible topics. Yeah. Um, I mean, Aaron just hit a million subscribers on YouTube sharing, uh, you know, manifestation, all things manifestation, mindset, self-development, entrepreneurship uh, on YouTube. I know he's been someone that has really inspired me as well as Zoe. And uh, we, I mean, we talk about kind of a, a range of things today, ending off with like, just some COVID conspiracy stuff a little bit in like a very fun and empowering way. But more than that, what we were weight low alternative truth. Alternative. Thank you. That's actually what I call them is alternative (laughs) truth theories. Um, (laughs) But what we more talked about today, I mean, we asked Aaron a lot of questions about, you know, very intentionally shifting his reality in such a profound way over the last three years doing it, you know, with just consciously choosing and manifesting an entirely new life for himself. And a theme that continuously comes up when we're talking to Aaron, and it is something that Zoe and I have spoken about a lot and something we just believe in so, so much, is the topic of identity, the topic of shifting who you are for yourself and how you show up in the world in order to manifest that next level life or next 10 level life. Uh, lives, life. Does that make sense? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That up-leveled version of yourself. Yeah. Really? No one wants, like not next level. We want you up another 10 levels. <laughs> At least we are all about the quantum leap. You guys know that. Yeah, exactly. So I think this is like, this is actually, I mean, it is the synchronicities are funny because this is something that we are going to be talking about a lot over the next few weeks. Specifically, we've, I mean, our very first podcast episode on the Lo and Zo show was about you know, claiming your queen confidence (laughs) back then. That was what we referred to it as, but it was about becoming that version of you who believed in and acted towards what it was that they wanted. And uh, it's especially relevant because in, I think, like four weeks from now, we have our next offer launching, which we don't want to give too much away for. Um, There's going to be lots more information coming up, but it's all about identity, learning to see yourself as that version of you who already has what it is that they want, the role that that plays. Um, So it was just so awesome to have Aaron on today, to have him talk about just how monumental that has been for him in his success. Yeah, because it does require that inner transformation first to get the outer transformation in the 3D reality. And we really do dive into all things that today. And uh, you're going to enjoy it, guys. (laughs) So let's get started. I'm Lo. And I'm Zoe. And this is The The Lo Lo and Zoe Zoe Show. Show. We're coaches and entrepreneurs who firmly believe that an abundant mind is the key to an abundant life. On this podcast, we're going to be talking everything from how to manifest more money, travel, success in business and beyond, to overcoming the blocks that are holding you back, to rewiring your brain so you can easily attract whatever it is you want the most in life. If you haven't already, be sure to join us inside our Facebook community, Abundant Mind Tribe, for daily tips, mindset hacks, manifesting tricks, and more that'll allow you to build the confidence you need to manifest the abundant AF life you deserve. Now let's get started. 
All right, everyone, we are so excited to get into today's episode. Today, it is the Lozo and Aaron show. We have a very special <laughs> guest today, Aaron Doughty. So Aaron, thank you so much for joining us. We are so excited to have you and so grateful to have you on the podcast today. So please go ahead and uh, introduce yourself to our audience. Well, thank you, Lo and Zo, for both having me on. I am excited to be here. And yeah, my name is Aaron Dowdy. I've been making uh, YouTube videos for about three years now. In 2017, I was working like a, a nine to five job I didn't really like. And um, I worked that for like years. I sold women's shoes. And I always knew that I wanted to be on YouTube. And I finally decided to start doing it. And I've been making daily videos for about three years now on topics like law of attraction, things like metaphysics, teaching like letting go, uh, identity work. So understanding who and how we see ourselves and how that translates into the reality we experience. And uh, yeah, I've kind of created the lifestyle that I have now from choices I made back in 2017. And, uh, and I'm constantly, you know, doing my own inner work to reinvent myself. And then my passion has been helping other people do the same thing. So yeah. In our one of our most recent episodes, we talked about like leaning into inspired action. And I just would love to know from you because, you know, not very long ago, as you said, you were selling women's shoes. And now you've just hit over a million subscribers on YouTube. Congratulations, by Congratulations. the way. Thank you. And Thank I, you. I'd love to know, like, what did that decision making process look like? Was it something that felt inspired within you? Or was it just sort of like, was it like, all right, I'm going to become a YouTuber? Or was it like, maybe I just want to do this thing on YouTube for fun because I'm kind of bored. Like, what did that look like? Because it's it quite a, you know, quantum leap of a change in yeah. your reality. Yeah, 100%. So it was, uh, I've always known, it's like when you know that you have a purpose, you have something that you're mm -hmm. meant to be doing, but you feel like you're doing something that you're just not passionate about. That was me. I was like working, I did that for like eight years. Out of high school, I got that like a job, you know, in women's shoes and it was make, I was making good money. And then I was going to college. And a lot of people that I knew that were graduating college had to take dips to go back, like, you know, to go into their, whatever their passion was. And I always knew it wasn't called, like I went to college and stuff and I knew it wasn't for me. So I just always on the inside knew that this is like something I want to do. When I went through my spiritual awakening back in 2012, it really transformed my life. Uh, and, and I started like really, enjoying studying this information as much as I could metaphysics, um, different material. And as I started learning it, I knew I, I eventually was watching like YouTubers like Ralph Smart and other people that were like in the space back in 2012. And I remember watching their videos like, Oh, there's like an idea that I have to share. That's different than this video that Ralph made that I know, you know, may resonate with some people. And, um, there was like a lot of fear behind me putting myself out there though. I was mm -hmm. worried about what family would think. I was worried about what friends would think. Um, it was something that took me a long time to do. There was probably two or three years before I actually finally took action where I was kind of one foot in one foot out. And originally I was making videos like once a month on YouTube, but there wasn't much traction. And, uh, it wasn't until I went daily that everything really changed, but it was like a, a, a knowing on the inside that I was, uh, wasn't going to be put on necessarily. So like prior to February, 2017, when I made the decision to go full-time on YouTube, I literally was thinking more along the lines of like the Abraham Hicks type stuff where I was like going to think it into existence, which there's nothing really wrong with, but mm -hmm. it wasn't like 
I just realized it wasn't necessarily healthy for where I was at the time. What I needed to hear because I went through like a spiritual awakening. And a lot of times I think when people go through a spiritual awakening, they have this thing where then they see everything as like non-physical in a way. So it's like, okay, I'm going to sit here and think about like being a speaker. And I've always kind of known I wanted to do that. I did forensics debate in high school. So I knew I wanted to speak, but I didn't know how I wanted to do that. And it just got to a point to where I realized that I had to, um, uh, actually take action with it and, uh, wasn't going to be put on the way that I was thinking. And when I went daily, that started to change my self image that started to like change the way that I saw myself. And the one moment that changed everything for me was a really small moment too. I was just walking from, uh, I was living at my dad's house. I moved back into my dad's house. Cause I was like, I want to figure out this YouTube stuff. But even then I still wasn't already jumped into it. I was still at that nine to five job. But then I just had this feeling almost like a download. Like if you make a video every single day for uh, a year, your life will transform. And I just had that. I felt that. And I just knew that. So what I did is I started making the daily videos no matter what. And it wasn't always easy because working that nine to five job, you know, is in Vegas and Vegas is open so late that even though I was working, you know, high end retail sales, I'd sometimes have to work till like 11 or 12 at night and then go home and then film a video, edit the video, schedule the video to go out, go to bed at like two or three, and then get up at like eight or seven the next day to go to work at like 10, you know? And I did that and it wasn't always like that, but I did, I had to have that mentality. And as I started to do that, that's what really changed my self image. It wasn't even about like, okay, now you're making more videos. So like, it's going to help the YouTube algorithm. As I was making more videos, it was changing my sense of self identity. I started to see myself as somebody that was more of a hard worker which then was something I had to shed. I mean, that's a whole nother conversation. I had to shed that later on, you know, years later, that hard work mentality, because it served me to get out of that nine to five job to doing what I love full time, because then I started creating momentum. But then it came with its own kind of uh, shadow side to where then I believed I've always like, even now that I have right. a b- bigger following, it's like, I'm still working hard. I'm still like working my ass off. And I'm like, do I need to, I don't need this mentality anymore. I can let this go. But that's like, uh, that's just shows how the identity kind of works and how you shed these old identities. But my old identity before that was equal to a reality where I was working a nine to five job. I saw myself as a nine to five job goer. I listened to the boss. I had to ask for the days I wanted off. I, I, I realized that in order for me to go full-time doing what I love, I had to treat my quote unquote hobby of making videos as my full time. I had to like treat it as if it was my, my main thing. And as I vibrationally was making it my main thing and I was being that version of me and that, uh, that's when things change. And when I say that download from like that download that I got to make videos every day, I really believe it was like a version of my higher self or maybe my future self that was like sending me the message. It's like make a video a day. And then I could either trust that or not trust that. But the, the major game changer for me was really, it's really just about making a choice about who you are. And Mm -hmm. when we allow ourselves, when we, when we say that we're a fixed identity, that we're fixed, I'm a nine to five, a nine to five job goer forever. This is who I am. Then we'll stay in that identity. But I realized that I just had this moment where I could shift how I thought about myself and the personality is flexible. It's extremely flexible. It's just that we believe it's not. So therefore we remain the same person over and over and over again. And we remain in the autopilot mind. And then we get the same response over and over again from reality. But if you make a new choice and we wire that in with action, which is a part of being, 
action is a part of it. And it was a part I didn't really want to hear because I was like, no, I'm just going to think a better thought. You know what I mean? Like think a better thought. (laughs) And I think it's, I think it's a cool mentality, but for me, I find that if you're doing what you love, you don't mind taking action. It's like taking actions, like part of the fun of it. You know, like I, I still do this Jay. I still love taking action, but I'm letting go of it thinking that that action has to be hard. Yes. I love that because it's like swinging from the monkey bars. You're like, I'm having fun doing what I love. And even though I'm taking action, it's not making yourself guilty for that, but recognizing when you might be expending too much energy or creating rules or meanings around things. But yeah. one thing that I, I really love that you touch on Aaron is that, you know, you had this divine download and you really chose to trust and honor yourself where I think a lot of people get these inklings, these nudges, and they are too fearful to really pursue that path that they feel called to pursue, to really lean into that and start to start to create a possibility for their future. So thinking back to that version of you, and having that download and that you just knew. Um, how did you persevere without getting bogged down by the ego or listening to that? I just, yeah, it was like, I just knew and had the awareness that my ego and just knowing that the way it works is the ego wants to stay the same. So like the ego is a self-preservation mechanism. Yeah. The ego, and just to get a little bit deeper on kind of how I see the world, I mean, I believe we're mm-hmm. all spiritual beings having temporary human experiences. And the ego is kind of like our avatar in this life. And it's kind of like, you know, it's, I don't know if it's necessarily our bot, just our body, but it's like our avatar. It's how we um, are, are experiencing, you know, our non-physicalness through like this physical form type thing. And this, uh, if we identify with the ego, then that's where the problems are. But the thing is, is the ego just wants to remain consistent to the way it defines itself. So I knew that the blocks and the doubts coming up were a part of the old personality. It was part of the old system that just wanted me to survive. And it's not easy. Like when you're just stepping into the unknown, when you're putting yourself out there for friends and family to see, when you're taking a lot more action, that's like, is this even going anywhere? I mean, I remember going to friends' houses to hang out and I was like making videos before, you know, anything really took off. And they're like, so what are you up to? I'm like, oh, I'm still making, I'm making YouTube videos. And I could just see the glaze in their eyes. Like I could feel that it was almost, it was reflecting back to me, my own self doubt, you know, like, is this really going to work? And I kind of use that as motivation to kind of push me. But it was like realizing that that doubt, that that, um, that was just the, the, the way the ego works. It just wants to keep you safe. It's going to, it's going to, uh, get you and wants you to remain where you are because that's safer than you stepping into the unknown, exerting all this energy that seems unnecessary. And what will happen if, you know, uh, people see who you really are, or you share these esoteric ideas and they don't love you or accept you or validate you, you know, those are the fears that come up, but it's just recognizing and I observing them, not identifying with them, but seeing that it's simply the old identity that's trying to stay safe. So even now, as I move into another area of my life where I want to be, you know, doing live events and all this other stuff, that's very different than making videos on YouTube. Um, I've had to like, let go of parts of the old identity. Like I used to make videos every single day on YouTube. And now I make videos like it was four times a week. I just decided yesterday I'm going down to three times a week, which for me, so some people that's like, that's still a lot of fucking videos. But for me, that's actually, um, that that's actually like a big jump, but it's me trusting this new identity. It's me trusting that I don't want to be known as a YouTuber forever. You know what I mean? Like, even though that's where, that's where that identity has been and it served me for a period of time. But now 
the intention is to go into, you know, different, different areas with the message and everything. And in order to do that, I have to be willing to let go of the old identity, but there's still fear that comes up. The fear is, oh, you stop making daily videos. The algorithm's not going to favor you as much. You're not going to continue to grow. What if something happens? What if YouTube, something happens with YouTube and then you have to start building on some other platform. All these doubts come up, all these limiting beliefs, the same way that it came up when I was working that nine to five job. It's just different now, but it's, it's still shedding the same ego identity that just wants to stay safe to, to what's comfortable. Right. So you telling this whole story reminds me, brought me back to this person that I met exactly two years ago. And it was really like, I literally met him in a park and started talking to him. And he was an avid listener of Abraham Hicks and all this kind of stuff. And he really wanted to build a successful YouTube channel. And actually, as you've been talking, I realized he actually referenced you at one point mm. as sort of like, and I think at that time you had a few hundred thousand followers. Um, but basically, and he'd been thinking about this for like two years, like, I'm gonna be a big YouTuber. And I'm gonna talk about, mm -hmm. you know, manifestation and all this kind of stuff. And I was like, okay, well, why haven't you started? And long story short, he was, you know, waiting for it to not feel uncomfortable for him to start taking <laughs> yeah. action which i said and i was a, a you know a year or so into my business of taking a lot of action and i said you know i mean i think that that's just fear like you have to at some point be okay with not being in fear and so because of that conversation, I don't think that he liked that I called him out on that so he went and he published i mean i think maybe two or three videos which didn't last uh longer mm -hmm. than a week or so on YouTube, he actually told me that what he was manifesting was that his first couple of videos would go viral. <laughs> and so, so what would you say about, because at some point, like it's not all like this flow, like path of least resistance because, and this is kind of like, I love Abraham, but this is kind of mm -hmm. like my one thing is like, you do have to step outside of that identity and become someone else. And in that interim, it's uncomfortable and you have to do it over yeah. and over and over again. So what would you say to someone who's like either waiting until there isn't fear there or finding that that fear is too much and then taking a big step back after they have taken action? Yeah, no, I mean, it's funny because even when, when I was on YouTube, I started to get on YouTube. Like if you go, if anybody wants like proof of how this works, if you were to go to my channel and rearrange the videos by oldest to newest, you could look at my first ever video and it's like super cringy. I was not comfortable at all. I didn't get comfortable at making YouTube videos till honestly, like probably 50 to a hundred videos. And right. if I would have waited, I, I just would have always been waiting. And the thing that I think is very important to understand is the why, why is somebody like, why? Mm -hmm. Like the thing I would have asked that, that guy is like, why do you want your first couple of videos to go viral? And mo most likely the answer would have been something that's connected more to the ego. Yeah. I don't It'd want people like, to see me fail. Yeah. 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 I don't want people to see me fail or I want to look like I want the validation, yes. you know, like yeah. I, I would feel really good about myself if I had hundreds of thousands of views. Like that's a, and, and here's the problem with that is when the intention is I'm going to do something to get something. It's like, it's, it's not doing something because that something is something that you're passionate about. It's doing something to get somewhere else then making videos has become a means to an end instead of an end of itself. And yes. that's, this is the major thing I like talking about with, with being versus like acting or trying to be, so, you know, when you are in being, it is an end of itself. So like, that's why a lot of YouTubers that become big YouTubers, it's because they started doing it as a passion and then it blew mm -hmm. up. Most people that become big YouTubers or just YouTubers in general, they don't, they're not just in it for the views or the validation 
or just for that. They're in it because they're passionate about it and they want to help people or something like that. So the thing that's extraordinarily important is the why. Why are you doing this? I was doing it because one, I wanted to, I wanted to share these ideas with people. I wanted to help people. I believe there's a spiritual, like mass spiritual awakening happened on the planet. And I felt like it's my purpose. It's my mission. Yes. I'd have to be honest with myself. It's not like part of it was I wanted to get out of that job. I didn't like part of it as I wanted to grow a business and I wanted to have the freedom to travel the world. That's like, I'd be lying to myself if I said, Oh, that's nothing. I just want, I'm just this holy saint that wants to help people. <laughs> but the, the why is really important. And and it's having it be an end of itself. So it's almost like I was looking at the identity version of Aaron that was making videos and I saw, or like in the future reality, I saw I was making a lot of videos. So I'm like, okay, if I can be that version now and not being that version now, because it's going to get me there being that version of me now, because it's who I prefer to be. I prefer to be that version of me. I, I was enjoying making videos. I was mm -hmm. enjoying yeah. the process. I, I was doing it cause I had a strong why. So it's, um, and, and it, it takes time. Like I honestly, when I first started making videos, I wouldn't even say that I thoroughly enjoyed making the videos so much because I was learning how to get to a flow state. I just knew it was my purpose and my mission in a way, but after things started to click that's, and that, that's when, and then I, and then I also got positive reinforcement because I was seeing people's lives. Like I'd get comments like, Oh my, this is like helped my life. And I feel I, like, well, I remember my first like good comments were that were like that, that motivated me. It's like, Oh, I'm helping people. This is awesome. This feels really good. You know? Um, yeah. and, and it, it became like this thing that was like a, a perpetual thing that was motivating me to take more action. But it was mainly like, that is what I was passionate about. It was an end of itself, not a means to get somewhere else. And it was being driven by more spirit and, um, and heart connection than it was mind of like, I just want to be famous or like get out in mm -hmm. front of people and, and want the, 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 the travel freedom. And like, it, it was, it was the more so connected to the, the beingness of the soul. Yes. I love that too, because we've spoken on our podcast, um, about, performance versus mastery mindset, which is something I learned through uh, IPET coaching. But just as you're saying, you always approach this journey of YouTube from the mastery view of your life, where it was all about learning, trusting the process, learning more about yourself, helping other people. There was this view of the, the entire journey being worth it for you versus a performance mindset, which is like, okay, I want to have a, this video go viral. I want to get X amount of subscribers. Yeah. And of course there will always be some, some ego stuff to it, but you cannot sustain your path. Like let's say on YouTube, if it's not from a mastery lens, because if you were just performance lens, like Lauren said, this yeah. guy that she met in the park, the performance lens, if you are um, driven by the ego and not coming from that heart space, heart space is mastery. If you're driven from the ego by that performance space, you will not be able to, to sustain it. You'll get, let's say a negative comment and that'll be it for you. You'll have a family yeah. member say like, are you sure that you're going to be successful? I'm having doubts about this. And that's the end game for you is because yep. you're not coming from the heart space of trusting and building that relationship within yourself and creating yeah. that path for you. Yeah. Well said. I agree. I think, I think it's, it's like a larger view as well. It's like, um, it's like if Einstein or whoever, like somebody created a light bulb, right? It's like, Oh, th this first time it has to work, you know? And if it didn't, then it's like, screw it. It didn't work. But it <laughs> took every time you, you, you get new reference experience, you then learn and you become better. Mm -hmm. So it's like a larger view that then goes into the identity. So where you're mastering it. And then once you get into the flow state or you like optimize a system, uh, or it's a daily habit or something, 
it then beca- it then begins to become self-perpetual. Yes, because anytime someone is in the in the doing versus um, looking at the being first, that's when mm-hmm. the, the energy is expanded. It's when you can focus on who am I being, who am I wanting to transform into through this journey that it's all sustained. Yes, exactly. And I think like what any successful entrepreneur will tell you is that <laughs> there's a long period of time where you know, no one's listening or it doesn't feel like anyone's listening. Yeah. Or it doesn't feel like it's like, you need to be loving what you're doing. And I'm a business coach and people say all the time, like, what's the fastest way to grow my, my audience? Like, how do I get to this result that I want quickly? And I say like, that's not the right question at all, because you might try something for two, three, four weeks, but if you don't love it, you're not going to stay in it long enough, right? Like yeah, choose yeah. the audience growth method or just the creation method if, if you're building like a content-based business that you would do even when nobody is watching. And uh, I'd love yeah. to know from you, Aaron, like what did sort of the growth of your channel look like? Like how many months were you sort of like not, because I know that it was something, I think you, I think I've heard you say you went full-time in it sort of in the first year or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, so the, yeah. the, 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 the kind of like the timeline for it was um first off it was my saturn return okay yeah oh yeah <laughs> so, what's that mean <laughs> saturn return it was like as like i started like i was like 28 29 and like I, i'm not a huge astrology nerd or anything but it was like that's when like things come to a cycle to where then normally you like kind of reinvent yourself right so it's an uprooting it's like this uprooting thing. Yeah, it's interesting. But anyways. Well, that's it was, exactly the age I was when I started my business as well. So that, I just it, never heard it called that way. Yeah, like 28. Yeah. 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 So I, I, didn't, I didn't know about this until like two, a year ago. And I was like, oh, yeah, I was in that, I was in that time that time. Um, anyways, so I was at that job and uh, I went daily on YouTube February 2017. Started making the daily videos. About a month in, about three weeks in. I had a video video start to go viral. There was nothing crazy, by the way, for the first two or three weeks. Like it was like, if anything, I was making like two videos a week, I think up until that point. And then I went daily and I was actually getting less views per video, you know, because there's so many more videos coming out and on paper, it looked like things were getting worse, but I was like, no, I'm trusting this vision. If I would have mm. taken or been performance mindset right away, I'd be like, oh, I should stop. Like, look, and I'd also been reacting to what was happening, you know? Um, so I was like, I'm just going to trust this. I had a video go start to go viral. My first video, it was, it's still on my channel. Um, it's, uh, all my videos are still up, but it's most powerful technique to reprogram your subconscious mind. And this video started going pretty viral. Like it, it was, I was growing by like maybe a hundred subscribers a month. And then all of a sudden it went to like 20,000 subscribers in a month. And I went from like, you know, I had like 2000 subs or a thousand subs to like 20 something thousand. I was like, holy shit, there's something here. Like that was, and and I looked at that video. Then I started, you know, optimizing. I started learning marketing too. I was like, why did this video do well? Well, this thumbnail that is like the main thing that makes people click says, do this before bed. And that opens up a loop in their mind. Mm -hmm. And my face looks freaking ridiculous. Like my eyes were big bug eyed and that video, even like it's cringy for me to watch. Like, but there's a, there, there's a reason people really resonated with this. And I think it, the, the video just like had people waiting for this technique and whatever. And I was like, okay, can I recreate this type of energy, this kind of uh, tension in the video that this is the reason I think it went viral. So I learned from that video and I just, I kept making daily videos no matter what. And after about two or three months, and from that point, it pretty much has grown by about 20,000 to 
you know, since then, since like 2017. So it's not like I got to, I didn't grow. I, everything I've done has always been kind of not slow and steady, but like more steady than it is just like a, a crazy quick, like boom of like a million subscribers. And then I've just like remained stagnant. It's been like very steady and consistent. Um, so it's been like 20,000 a month. And then after two or three months, I was like reaching out to a buddy of mine. His name's Clark. He's also on YouTube and stuff. And I was like, um, he had like 50,000 subs at the time. And I, I just had like 20 something. And I was like, so I knew he was full time. I was like, what do I, what do I do to go full time? And I knew nothing about internet marketing. I knew nothing about like growing an audience or like, you know, developing the relationship and coaching or any of that. And I was like, how many subs do I need? You know, I literally thought you needed yeah. a certain sub amount. And he's like, dude, it, it, he's like, it has nothing to do with followers or subs. He's like, you could go full time at like a thousand subscribers if you knew how, if you had the right strategy and you, you had like coaching, like, you know, five coaching clients or something like that. And I was like, huh? So I started looking at it differently and I started learning like the, you know, that aspect of the business, which maybe once again, was like an edge. I'm like, no, I'm just this spiritual person. Me looking at internet marketing, that's low vibrational, you know, like. I realized, no, this is like a part of, this is part of the identity that I want to like yeah. become, you know? And, um, within like four or five months, it was like, it was July, it was August of 2017 that I put in my two weeks at Barney's New York where I was selling the women's shoes and I worked for like four or five years. Um, I put in my two weeks. I could have actually gone full time probably earlier, but I was like really playing it safe. And, um, I was uh, just make, really making sure that I, I was like, I had enough to like jump into this new reality in a way rather than kind of doing it prematurely. Cause I've had times in the past where I, I make decisions like prematurely and then I kind of paid the price for it. Mm -hmm. And, um, this time I was like kind of playing it slow. So August, 2017 quit the job, started focusing, you know, full time. I, I launched my first course, which is like a morning routine program or something that did well. And then I started, I started taking coaching clients and, uh, yeah, then I, I went full time. And then from there, I just kept making daily videos. That was my one consistency until, uh, like, I don't know, like March of 27, 20, uh, 2020, you know, for like three years, I made daily videos every single day on YouTube, no matter what. And, uh, it was a, a flux of me looking, learning about how to like express myself in ways that I'm almost afraid to express myself in. Like, for example, making daily videos, it, it, it's honestly like, it, of course it's going to become mad repetitive at a certain point. Like I'm very aware that like a lot of my videos may have similar themes, similar topics, similar keywords, but it was like me accepting it, it comes with the territory of making daily videos, you know? Um, but what I had to learn how to do is the more I would almost be afraid to share certain ideas. If I were to break through that fear and share the ideas, it's almost every time like a video in that topic would go viral. For example, I was trying to preserve a mentality of how people saw me on YouTube as like the law of attraction guy, you know, like that's what I was kind of no known for in the beginning. Cause I was making all law of attraction videos. And then eventually what I did is I was like, well, I want to, I don't want to be known. Like I want to branch out. I want to talk about other stuff. So one thing that I started, to, I wanted to talk about was star seats, which is this very esoteric concept that I knew not everyone is going to resonate with. But like my, I felt like from a soul level, like I want to share this esoteric idea, but I was holding me back. I was holding myself back because I was afraid of what people would think. I was afraid of like, you know, stepping into the unknown, but almost every time I say, fuck it, I just do it. It was like, then, then 
that w- the authenticity, the vulnerability is what like would then open up new levels to where then instead of growing by like 15 to 20,000 a month, it would go by like 30 or 40 or something crazy. It was in direct proportion. The, the amount I was afraid to share and share my story and to share even like about my past. I remember when I first shared about my past of like my ex stepmom and all that situation um, and the pain of like, you know, that it, it was like something I was afraid to put out, but it resonated at such a deep level with people that it actually helped. So it, it started, it would grow in proportion to the level of growth I would do within myself, but also to the degree to which I would be more vulnerable and Mm -hmm. share more of myself. So if I would just to have the balls to like share ideas, like on, you know, star seeds or, uh, even raising vibration at a certain point was like a very, it was esoteric for my channel. And now it's so like, it's so every day that it's like no big deal, but it's, it's interesting. So then then um, within the first year as well, I went you know full time. My last day was the Conor McGregor McGregor Mayweather fight. Um, that it was like a boxing match. I, I wanted yeah. my last day to be that day so that I could like uh, I could open that day because I knew it was going to make a lot of money because I worked a commission job. And then after that, I went to the you know I watched the fight with my friends and stuff, and that was my last day ever working. And from there, I just committed myself to learning internet marketing. So I studied people like James Wedmore and you know like uh, you know all the a lot of the OG yep. marketers and stuff and, uh, learn as much as I could. And then that's when everything really got taken to a level to where I was making, you know, creating a successful business where the abundance flowed in and I could travel the world and I could, you know, live where I want. And, um, yeah, it's just been consistency, really. It's consistency to that identity and it's learning things that I thought would be uncomfortable to learn, but it's opened up so many opportunities, you know, like I'm friend, like, you know, I, the, the guy, my, you know, one of my best friends that I live with here in Sedona, we got a house together here. He owns Organifi. It's like this huge company, you know, like super successful guy. And it's like, it's allowed me to surround myself with some really cool people that really inspire me. And it's because I've, I've given myself permission to be in this identity that has made it to where I'm an equal match to people that are doing things at a high level, which is like really cool, you know? So, um, I want to talk more about this identity thing because I think, I mean, for some people it might be a new concept, but identity, the way I kind of describe it is like how you habitually think and feel about yourself or how you like who you believe yourself to be. Does mm-hmm. that make sense? Uh, and the actions that you take out of that. Um, and I want to know, like, it sounds like you were doing the mindset work to sort of uplevel that identity. And then the new actions came out of that, whether that was, you know, speaking more vulnerably or um, just learning some new marketing strategies, being very intentional in that regard. What does that mindset work look like for you when it comes to, you know, okay, I, I'm ready for a million subscribers on YouTube. Who is that version of myself? And then like determining who that is, what does it look like for you to actually step into that and, and start taking action from that place energetically? Yeah. Uh, what I do is I look at that version of me in a, in a like a visualization mm-hmm. and I imagine that version of me. And then what I do is I take down one action. There's normally one or two high leverage actions from that identity that I can then bring into my daily activity. Like almost everything in my life that has transformed my life the most has come from daily action or mm-hmm. not even like even for example, meditation, it, the thing that's changed my life more than anything else has been meditation. When I learned it back in 2012, which is simply just how to observe my thoughts. I stare at a candle flame and it like quiets my mind. And I've done that every single day, 20 minutes, right? When I wake up in the morning, 20 minutes, right before I go, go to bed every single day since 2012 changed my life more than anything else. And that was a daily action that I took that changed everything. So I applied that same daily action thing or the daily wiring of that identity. And I used to see myself 
as somebody that couldn't sit still because I, I was labeled as having ADHD. I took Adderall. So that was a stretch for my old identity. I was like, just, and when I, I remember going to, at, I, I worked at Nordstrom's at the time. This is back in 2012. And I remember going back to work and people were like, wow, your energy is so different. I, I literally became a new version of me. And mm-hmm. in the same way, I knew that like what we do in a 24 hours in a day compounds over time. So when I looked at that new version of me back in 2017 in February, when I made that choice to go daily on YouTube, I saw in my mind, and it was a download of like me making daily videos that'll change your life more than anything else. I just decided every single day I'm going to do this because tapping into that vibration is a way of me wiring in that identity. So me then committing to that, no matter what, no matter if I, if things, if things didn't go viral after the first two months, I would have kept doing it because I wasn't doing it to get somewhere else. I was doing it because this is who I prefer to be. And I was trusting the universe and trusting like, you know, the embodiment of that. And that I think is the key is identifying using visualization or your imagination, one or two leverage actions you can take every day. And for some people that like somebody wants to be an artist, it's not like you're going to create the art to then become an artist. The moment you start, you're an artist. It's taking on the identity right when you begin and a way to wire in being an artist could be to paint every single day. Even if it's just a little bit, not making a whole painting every day, but just adding to a paint every, you know, every day. And as you do that, you're going to be changing your identity. And then what you could do is you could get around and get into the vibratory field of people that are already where you want to be. So you could go to an art gallery studio and talk to the owner. You could ask to maybe mentor, be mentored by them or to be their assistant. You could get into their energy field. You could study and read books of people that were successful uh, uh, painters or, or artists. You could read books by those people, get into their mindset, get into their, that vibration. And as you consume information in that vibration, you, you start to become whatever you're consuming. So I, I used to read Tony Robbins' Awaken the Giant Within book because I knew he was 20-something years old at the time when he wrote that book. And he was like, you know, in the start of his success. And I knew that by reading that book, I was tapping into his vibration when he was at that point in his life. And I wanted to be close to that vibration. So I would read Awaken the Giant Within and try to, in a way, like feel what he felt, like get into his mindset. And that mentality then like leaked into the way I, the way I was showing up in life and where I could start to have that hard, not that hard work mentality, but like starting to see myself as somebody that could set myself the intention to do something to just be it. So it's one action every single day, one or two actions, but mainly one is keeping it simple that wires in that identity and committing to it. Even if that means learning things you don't really like an artist may be like, well, you know, I don't want to learn marketing. Well, you know, like this doesn't seem, this is there's resistance with this. This doesn't feel natural. Well, it's just uncomfortable. It's, you're not, it's not familiar. Yeah. That's all. And learning marketing is like very important in today's age for like getting your message out there. So if you want to be an artist, like that, that gets out there in the world, then maybe marketing your ideas on Instagram or on a website or on a blog and then making YouTube videos. I, you know, there's so many routes of going about things now, but it's like, learning what's working in the world, find somebody that's already doing it, like uh, somebody that's in that vibration and then model what they've done. And as you model what they've done, you're in that same vibration and then you can make it your own unique way of doing it, you know? But that's like been the biggest thing is like doing one thing every single day for the sake it's who you choose to be, knowing that eventually it'll become your dominant vibration because t- with time and consistency, it, um, it compounds. 
Yeah. Thank you for sharing that, Erin. That's some great actionable advice for all of you out there. And uh, one thing that I wanted to ask you to maybe dive a bit deeper on, as you said, also using the power of your imagination. So Mm -hmm. that's something that we love to talk about on our podcast as well. And, you know, you said visualization before too, but what does you uh, visiting the power of your imagination look like on that repetitive basis? It's, it's me. I'm learning to tap into it more and more because I realize that a lot of my creative energy, I kind of drain by doing things that like, I don't need to keep doing in a way like I'm, you know, I mean, this gets a little bit deeper, but like I do, there's parts of my business that I'm focused on that I'm doing that I don't necessarily need to be doing that I could outsource. So Mm -hmm. some of my creative energy has kind of been, um, I think I'm learning to tap into it more and how to like delegate a little bit differently. But what I, what I am focused on right now is actually tapping more into that creativity, which means doing more meditation. Mm -hmm. And in the morning, uh, one thing I do is when I'm meditating, the most most of that meditation is like 10, 15, sometimes 20 minutes. It's observing my thoughts. But at the end, it's uh, normally a visualization where I see through my own eye. I, like, I imagine myself as if I'm looking through my own eyes as that identity. What does reality look like? And uh. then I just kind of, I just kind of like wired in this is who I am. And when I get up, that is me. And I've heard Joe Dispenza talk about this before. So it always kind of stuck with me, that idea of like not getting up from meditation until you are that identity, until you, you view yourself as it and you're moving like that version of you, your body language is like that version of you. And that's kind of been um, one thing, but also one of the most powerful visualization techniques I've ever found is some I've shared quite a bit. And it's, it comes from Neville Goddard, who's like an old school LOA teacher. Mm-hmm. And it's yeah, from the book. Him. Yeah. You guys read the, you guys have read, I'm sure feeling is a secret. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Awesome book. And every night I go to bed when I I'm starting to fall asleep, you know, the mind, you know, I'm sure you guys have probably talked about this before, but the mind is drifting from more of a beta alpha state into a theta state. And that means as you're going to bed at night, you're drifting more into having influence over the subconscious mind. So as I'm going to sleep, I'm feeling the emotions and I'm imagining as if I'm looking through my own eyes of me being the ideal identity, the ideal version of me. And as I feel it, you know, feeling is the language of the subconscious mind. I'm wired into my subconscious mind that this is who I am. And then when I wake up in the morning, I just set the intention that, I re- that that's who I am. And by doing that right when I wake up in the morning from my meditation, which also carries and leaks over from the night before, because when I wake up, I'm kind of in that mindset of that intention from the night before, but also as I'm going to bed at night on both ends of the spectrum, because right when you wake up in the morning, you're also in between that subconscious, like theta alpha state. So you have more influence over your subconscious mind, right when you wake up and right before you go to bed at night. So if you can feel the emotions and think as that version of you, and then make choices as that version of you, then you're going to begin to wire in that self-image, that identity, and that being natural for you. The other thing that I think would be interesting to, to kind of touch on as well is when people put things on a pedestal, they, emote, they, they separate it from them versus if it's natural for your self-image to experience certain things, like then it, it feels very normal. So even now that I've created a certain level of abundance and success in my life, it's, it's normal for me. It doesn't mm-hmm. feel like, like if I would imagine that my lifestyle now and how I live back in 2017, I would be like, Oh my God, this is so amazing. Like I really, really want, I, I would have like vibrationally butchered it and put it on a pedestal versus seeing it as natural 
for me to be living a lifestyle where I travel and get to live in the house I like, you know, stuff like that. So that's, uh, I think, a trap many of us fall into when we're changing our identity is we put things on a pedestal. And when we visualize it, we're visualizing like, oh my gosh, it'll be so cool what I'm experiencing, you know, if somebody wants a relationship. Like, it'll be so cool when I'm in this relationship and, and, and blah, blah, blah. Instead of visualizing themselves as it being natural for them to be in that relationship because they have so much self-love and validation for themselves that of course someone else is going to see that in them and it's like a different energy flow so it's like it's also seen as natural by not putting it on a pedestal and by and by linking up your sense of worthiness to that self-image as well yeah. yeah and one of the ways you know if people are visualizing and they they can't imagine it being normal just practice that visualization more like one of the questions that we get is like i've been visualizing you know x y and z for a while and it's starting to feel almost kind of neutral like is that bad that like this isn't exciting me anymore and we say like no you're right on track it should feel like the next logical step in order for it to manifest right because you're not yeah. you are vibrationally aligned with it at that point yeah yes. and then we are feeling into that worthiness like when it starts to feel mm -hmm. neutral, it's not like you said on the pedestal anymore. It's like, I love myself so much and I'm worth that. That's why it feels so natural is because it is who I am. It comes back to how, you know, we all came onto this life as abundant beings and everything else was built up around us to maybe think other, otherwise. And then it's spending that time in the visualizations and, and meditations that you begin to deepen that relationship with yourself. Remember who you are. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Um. I love what you're saying about taking action outside of your current identity, because I think that what we see so much of is people that, I mean, we love this, you know, Abraham path of least resistance and all that kind of stuff. And a lot of the time it is that easy, but only when you're already at the level of identity for that to flow in easily. Mm -hmm. Right. Whereas mm -hmm. when you are asking for something that is currently outside of your identity, I like what you're saying about like, you know, yes, we can practice it in our minds and imagine it and all that kind of stuff. But I mean, the way that I've grown my comfort zone and up-leveled my identity over and over is through taking action. Like I go live all the time and it's a big part of how I've grown my business. I have Facebook groups, I go live in them. I, you know, launch programs, whatever. And the first few times that I went live, actually, like it still brings me anxiety, but the first few mm -hmm. times, like just pressing that go live button, like terrified me. Um, uh -huh. But I did it because that was like that next level version of me or that version of me that was full-time making great money in my coaching business. That was what she did. Right. Um, mm -hmm. so I think like, how would you distinguish for people? Because at the beginning of the episode, we talked about like, do something that you love, do something that's exciting for you. Like YouTube was something that was an end in and of itself versus, mm -hmm. versus something that, you know, just isn't a lot like sort of, so what feels aligned, but is scary versus what just isn't aligned for people. And that's why they don't, because I think people confuse, you know, misalignment with fear a lot. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. So it is a question about like, uh, the, the fear, like delineate, being able to distinguish between the fear and what is actually you're passionate about. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 It's, it's about being aware of the, the, the motivational mechanism. We will, always move towards what we believe brings us pleasure and we'll always move away what we believe brings us pain. So mm -hmm. it's about being aware of what is motivating that. Is it, is it that I'm afraid that if I were to become successful, you know, this fear of success thing, or is it that if I were to put myself out there, friends would see me, family would see me, think I'm talking about weird stuff or, or what that is. So it's being aware. Is it the ego that's trying to keep you safe 
Or is this something, it's almost the fear comes from the mind, whereas when you know it's something more, it's more from your gut or your heart. So right. you kind of have to, I, I find going into my body to feel is, is, is where it is. Like the mind will try to stop you. Like, oh, go in, pushing that go live button. That's scary. Like, what if I say the wrong thing? What if this, what if that? Yeah. That's obviously the mind, but it's like if when you go into your heart, the, it would be more like, you know, how can I add value to these people? How can I connect and and how can I express myself and get out of my comfort zone? So it's like you could almost ask the question and see where in your body is that are you feeling that fear? And then where yeah. are you feeling the motivation to to take the action anyways? And um, I found even for myself, like even doing live events and stuff. When I do things that like, I think we're, you know, we're in a, in a, in a collective reality where we're all connected. When we have the intention of adding value to other people, it's like the universe almost supports us even more. Mm -hmm. And when I go out and if I'm doing like an event and I'm talking in front of people, if I make it about m like me, I realize that then I get in my head and that's where the fear is. That's where like, it's a, it's a place, you know, that's not, it, it doesn't feel good in my body, but when I'm out there and I'm just focused on like. Uh, how I feel in my body, but also how can I help the people? How can I add value? Then it's like, it's more of a heart connection because I want to help. And then it's like the energy sustains me more and that fear kind of goes away. So the fear is more on me, but the, the passion and the connection is more on like we, like how can I help or how can I add value? Not from a neediness or right. like validation place of how can I be, if I, am I worthy if I help enough people, but more so like, uh, you know, this is, this is what I'm passionate about helping people. And like, if I, if I focus on them and their experience and I, I'm not worried about every word I say, or if I stumble or if the connection on the internet's bad or, you know, it changes the focus, I think, but the fear normally is from the mind. And then the, the connection is from the heart. Yeah. I love how you distinguish that. I think that's so perfect is like just really getting, just getting better at being aware of like what's yeah. at and really looking at those emotions. Um, and that's where just like so much of our power is. And I do think it's something that, you know, gets easier or we, we just become more in tune with recognizing our intuition versus our own fear. But it's something that kind of takes practice. Um, I'd love to take this opportunity to go maybe a little more like esoteric because I know that you do talk a mm -hmm. lot on your channel about yes, you know, reality transurfing and like, and these are things that Zoe and I love because we think that one of the best ways to help you, you know, use your mind to manifest or, or shape your reality is to change what you believe reality to be, right? Because as yeah. human beings, we tend to have such a like, you know, well, this is just the way things are. Everything th seems so solid. Everything seems so like there's just so much effort in changing anything. But in reality, things are pretty fluid. Like we can yeah. really change our lives in profound ways in relatively short periods of time. Mm -hmm. Um, so is there anything like any understanding you have in regards to like, I don't know, maybe it is reality transurfing or, um, just, you know, a different topic. I've heard you talk a bit about like the multiverse and stuff like that, that really has helped to support you in your, um, understanding of how it is that our thoughts create reality. Yeah. I would say it's not so much reality transurfing as it is, mm -hmm. uh, like I'm a big, I'm a big fan of Bashar. I don't know if you guys know who Bashar is, but, um, he's like a channel. He's like an Abraham Hicks. Okay. He's been doing it for 30 years and he talks a lot about parallel realities. And, uh, since 2012, I've been listening to him since I went through my awakening and his information has been so consistent and it's all about, and it's also, if you guys have ever read the Seth materials by Jane Roberts. Yes. Um, yeah. 
also amazing books and it's also in alignment with what Bashar teaches as well but it's that there's an infinite number of parallel realities that exist and what we are doing is we are kind of glad we're kind of moving through these parallel realities based on our vibration based really on our beliefs our beliefs create our reality so as we change our beliefs we then change the potential realities we can experience and every moment what we think i mean it gets a little bit deeper than this but every every what we think of as movement is shifting through different parallel realities it's only our memory that's able to remember and to like track that movement in a way and the part that helps us to create what we want knowing this <clears throat> is knowing that the reality we want to experience that even that identity that future identity that i imagined back in 2017 it already existed because everything exists here and now. This is what quantum physics is showing us. So mm -hmm. because of that, I'm not trying to ch like change my reality to be somewhere else. All I'm doing is being that what quote unquote future identity, knowing it already exists. Mm -hmm. And then I eventually, my reality begins to shift according to that vibration. So you don't have to create your own reality because it already exists. Yeah. It's already a potential. All you have to do is vibrationally resonate with it, and then it becomes your reality. So what that does is it, it takes the hard work out of it. It takes the, I need to like create, like think about it. If I need to create my own reality, I've got to put all this energy and work and create and make something that doesn't exist exist. When really the way Bashar talks about it, it's more so about making the invisible visible. The things in our life, like for example, if someone's like, if someone's like, I'm not worthy of being in a relationship and what they, they do is they have a story that they're meant to be single, then that might be the reflection they're getting in their life. But they'll find if they start believing in their own worthiness and they start, they start dropping the story that they're meant to be single or their beliefs about the masculine or feminine in their life, their stories about that. And they drop that. They may then find that somebody just pops into their life that maybe even was already in their life, but they never saw that way because of their vibration or it was like they just happened to go to the same coffee shop every day or whatever and that person that they see all the time all of a sudden catches their eye or something it's like you're making the invisible visible be due to your vibrational resonance because the reality already exists so it's important to i think that's been a huge game changer for me and then also realizing the importance thing lessening and not giving things too much if you're giving it too much importance then you're putting it on a pedestal and that vibr that reality, that probability is is isn't able to be perceived and visible because it's it's not a match. There's too much resistance. But if you see it as natural, if you just instead know that you are worthy and then you instead be that identity for the sake it's an end of itself because it's who you choose to be, knowing that the reality already exists of of what and that makes it easier to visualize too. The reality already exists. You can literally just tap into the reality where you are doing exactly what you love and the way you want to do it with the partner or whatever you want or whatever, you know, most of the people that are watching us, it's, they want to attract, you know, maybe success or money or love or something like that. You know, any of those things, it's just due to vibrational resonance, knowing that version of you already exists. And the way you make it more probable is with your choices, with your intention, with your daily actions, with your beingness. Yeah. I, I love that because, you know, you touch on, we, we can give so much significance to the 3D. And when you choose to educate yourself on these more maybe esoteric ways of looking at reality or just really dispelling and, and learning more about quantum physics, what reality is, like how it is so malleable and fluid, you can then move yourself into a place of feeling empowered 
rather than feeling mm-hmm. disempowered about, you know, what you may be looking at in your bank account or in your love life or when it comes to your success. If you understand and choose to educate yourself on these topics. And I think a lot of people, like, I know I had this resistance at first. I'm like, oh, quantum physics. Like, I hated science in high school. Like, maybe that's way over my head. But when you dive into it, then you actually, you know, can understand, like, oh, this is just empowering me. It's empowering yeah. me to take away the significance from whatever I'm seeing in front of my very eyes and trust that if I can move into more of being, that's the work to do, is to really transform myself to see the transformation happen on the outside. Yeah. Love that. It empowers you. I think, yeah, it may, like the key, well, you're saying empowers, which is hundred percent true. It makes you feel powerful, right? Mm-hmm. And anyone who has consciously created their reality, they feel powerful in being able to do that. If you don't see yourself as someone who's able to, or you have a lot of doubt who you're being as someone who's very doubtful, very unsure, then of course you don't believe that you're like, I mean, you might believe sort of logically that your thoughts create reality because you're into this content, but on that like beingness level, you don't actually see yourself as the person who's like, you're still giving your power away to things that are outside. And in 2020, like there's been a lot of things to very quickly give our power away to and say, well, I can't make more money because COVID or Uh, any number of reasons. Which is a story. It's just a collective story that a lot of people are buying into, but and it was a story. I, I was going to launch like one of my courses literally the week that COVID started. Yeah. And I was like, oh, should I? I was literally about to like redo it, not like launch and all this other stuff. But I just kind of trusted and went with it. And there's a lot of people like it's the story. And there was a lot of people actually at home that wanted self-transformation work and stuff like that. Like it was just a story. And the people that are buying into the story aren't doing as well you know, because yeah. of that story is equal to their reality versus people that just change their belief or their mindset about it. You know, um, I think a lot of people that may yeah. be out of a job right now, or like, like, you know, transitioning out of an industry that maybe, you know, I used to work in women's shoes. A lot of my old coworkers, I guarantee you won't be probably doing what they're doing now in the next like five or 10 years. So right. it's either you can give that a positive meaning. And most of them that I used to work with didn't like being there. They just did it because it, they made decent money. So what they could do is give it a positive meaning and start going after something they're really passionate about. It could be the best thing that ever happened to them because of that meaning they give it, or it could be like one of the worst things that ever happened. And that would be, that'd be the reality because they're tuning into that probability. Oh, yes. Mm -hmm. You can really say that about anything that comes into your reality that is, you know, quote unquote unwanted, like your power is in choosing how it is that you see it. (laughs) And actually on that note, like you have shared a bit about you know, just the way in which you sort of view 2020 as this like mass awakening. And I know there's been times where like, I kind of, I needed to consume content of people feeling very empowered of what's going on in the world because otherwise it just sucks you in. And it just, it's like, it's very easy to just feel like there's no point in anything. So I'd love to know what is your perspective on not, we don't (laughs) want to go too much into like COVID or whatever, but I know you have a very different perspective (laughs) on, you know, what has transpired this year and where it's leading us. And I think that's something that like people really need, right? Because it's just so easy to get so sucked into all this like BS news and numbers and and the world drama. And that's not what it is. (laughs) Yeah, this is, it's really the best year ever. We had a friend of ours say that like a few weeks ago. He's like, this is just, it's the best. It's the most amazing year ever. And we're like, yeah, you know what? It flipping is. We've learned so much about ourselves, about everyone else. Like 
How oh, can yeah. we not celebrate all the learning and all the awakening? And um, I think just like your recent um, hitting a, a million subscribers on YouTube, which is amazing, but that is just such a reflection of how many people, as you said, are waking up right now. And that's to be celebrated. It's to be celebrated that yeah. we're going to move through this and move past this in a way where so many people are awakened and just, you know, mm -hmm. stepping in. Yeah. What is yeah. your story about 2020, Aaron? <laughs> Yeah, well, okay. So there's there's two different components to it. I think there's an end like reality is a reflection, I think, of of us. Yeah. And the collective consciousness is we're all connected. So 2020 personally for me has been a massive, massive year of shadow work. Huge shadow work. Me looking at uh my feminine wounds from growing up, masculine wounds from growing up, healing the feminine energy inside of myself. Um, and in the same way that I've been doing shadow work on myself. The shadow has been coming out in society, has been coming out in the world. And it, in a way, it's considered like a purge. It's like doing ayahuasca. There's like a purge that normally yes. will happen where you're, you're letting go of stuff that was maybe bottled in since childhood. And in a way, what's happening is the old power dynamics, the old power structures that have been in place for a very long time are beginning to really fall apart in such an obvious way. You know, when, when people look at the media, you know, I'm not saying... Like COVID is an actual thing that I think, you know, people have died from. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying that it's not real in any way whatsoever. And I'm not saying that, you know, there aren't people in the hospitals and uh, my own grandpa like had uh, supposedly had COVID. Uh, he passed away and it was like it was he was getting oh. old anyways and he was on dialysis and they labeled it. That's one thing that kind of opened my mind to it. He was. I was actually already on this train of thought before that, but I could really wired it in for me because he was in the hospital. He had to take dialysis three times a week. His health was already declining. He's 80 something years old. Um, and the last like two, like his last week being alive, he took, they gave him like nine or 10 tests of COVID. And then finally one of the tests said it was positive. And he then got moved to another side of the hospital where they didn't give him his dialysis so he passed away because he didn't get his fucking dialysis, not because of COVID. And even on the yeah. phone, even on the phone with my mom and me, he's like, I don't have COVID. Like, I don't have it. I just, it, you know, like it was very obvious mm -hmm. and he's very intuitive too. Um, so it, it then made me realize and with the CDC coming out recently saying that of the 160,000 people that they labeled as having COVID, only 9,000 of them actually, 9,500 actually died from COVID which means the percentages are way, way off, which means the media is extraordinarily exaggerating everything. And you look into even the social distancing and the masks, like there's, there's been a lot of people that have stated the masks don't actually really do that much. Um, you know, it's a whole nother conversation. I know that when maybe I say this, effect. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe, you if know, anything. <laughs> it's, it's very interesting, but it's, it, to me, it's kind of obvious that it's like, there may be some, there's some other agenda there that I think keeps people separate. I think when people are separated and in fear, they're much easier to control. I think that if you wanted mm -hmm. people to be open to something like vaccines, if you had them very afraid about their health and um, you exaggerated something to an extent, and we already know the media has been exaggerating it. Um, they've already been like, you know, caught in New York and other places using like footage from uh like italy and stuff like that and there's hospitals that are Ugh. empty but they're pushing people all to one hospital and there's people that have broken into like hospitals that are empty 
and uh, then they got arrested and stuff like that. Just like showing, look, it's empty, even though they're saying everything's full and is like they, they're making it work look way worse than it is. And and knowing that it then proposes a question like, why are they doing this? Why, what agenda would there be, you know? And that's what kind of really opened it up for me to where I started questioning things. And even when people hear me say this right now, I'm not saying I know what the hell's going on. I don't. All I do is I'm questioning things a lot. And I've noticed, and I've known for a long time that the media is controlled by six major corporations. Um, and what I think is happening in the overall view, there's two different layers to this. And the overall view there's an old power dynamic of people that I believe have had control for a very long period of time that have done very dark things to keep people asleep. And that's just so they can have the resources funneled to them. You know, we believe that, you know, it's normal and that we should be paying 30, 40% of our tax or 50% tax to the government. Um, we think this is how it should be because of the roads, right? Well, no, it's actually, there's, I don't think any, I think a lot of that money goes towards other stuff. I think there's a, there's a purpose behind a lot of things. It's just that we don't question it and we agree to it. It's like, oh, it's normal for me to make mm -hmm. money and me to pay 50% of what I own to a government that's doing a whole bunch of other things that we don't even know what's going on. You know, there's, I also, my grandpa that passed away, he worked in an underground facility for oh. a long, for a long period of time. Um, and, uh, it's like, I, he, he he hasn't told me a lot, but he told me enough to know that there's a lot of shit going on mm -hmm. that that we don't know about. And there's a lot of things he's seen that we would think are absolutely like fictional or not real when it comes to ETs and stuff like that, you know. So I know this stuff sounds out there for a lot of people, but when there's someone in my life that has seen and experienced certain things that I trust that I've known my whole life, like it opened my mind to more and more of this kind of stuff and then I was able to see, oh, there's like, you know, there's something else here that we're not being told. If we're not being told that ETs exist. And I know someone in my life that for, knows that for 100% fact they do exist because he worked somewhere for 30-something years um, in a facility that we don't even know exists, you know. That was what really opened my mind up years ago, and I, I had to start questioning things. And um, But basically, the old power structures, the old power dynamics are coming to the surface for us to look at as far as shadow work. So that we could become aware of it and then let it go and then decide. And I think a lot of the power is going to shift to the people over time. So we're going to mm -hmm. take our power back and we're learning this. We're learning not to trust the media so much. We're, we're learning what do we actually think? What do we actually believe? We're also learning to like take care of the planet more and stuff like that. So it's changing the perspective. Now, to put this on a different perspective, because yes, there are some people that have maybe controlled the narrative for a long period of time that own, you know, the six major corporations that own, you know, the media and stuff like that. Um... Uh, even with all of that, we're all one consciousness. We're all connected. In a way, I believe that we kind of, in a way, allowed them to play the role of them being, you know, having that power for a period of time so that then we could become aware of our true power. And what we could do is take our power back and then make a new choice about who, who we are. Because in reality, we're just kind of playing these different avatars. We're kind of born into the system and, and, um, we're having this human experience for a temporary period of time because we're actually eternal spiritual beings. And it's like, even though we can point the blame at some people that may be doing very dark things um, that may you know, want people to stay in low vibrational states of consciousness, that may want people feeling separated, and if they're in fear and anger, they're easier to control, all that stuff. We set the game up that way from a consciousness point of view because we wanted this to be a time of transformation for us to take our power back. And if you study the work of Dolores Cannon, it's like, that's like, you know, Q it's, yeah. uh, it's heal. It's a quantum healing hypnosis technique. It's like thousands of people have been in hypnosis and have said from a, a, their higher self perspective of them, like channeling their higher self have said, 
We came here to be a part of this shift in consciousness, came here to forget who I am, to remember who I am, to then go through this massive shift in consciousness together. And the way this reality system works, to go even a little more esoteric, is we forget who we are to remember who we are while we're here. That's what it's very, it makes it very difficult to be here for many people because if you forget who you are, you go on some pretty interesting rabbit holes or on some interesting tangents. But once you remember who you are, that's what we call spiritual awakening. Mm -hmm. And what's happening in the world right now is unfortunately, most spiritual people that you see that are like have been through a spiritual awakening, they had a lot of shit that happened them growing up. That's what caused the, uh, that's what caused the pressure for them to wake up. And what's happening now in the world is there's a lot of pressure. There's a lot of crazy shit going on in the world. And what happens is that's now causing people to wake up. And that's why, like, you know, what we all do is growing so much because it's the pressure is there for people to start going inwards to start asking themselves the questions. What do I think? And that's like proposing and, and showing them and opening up people to new levels of themselves. So it's all about like understanding those different layers. It's like, yes, from one, there may be a negative agenda from certain people, but we're taking the power back as the people, I believe. And even those negative people, we have to learn to have forgiveness and understanding that they just came here to play that role so that we could have the limitations in our life so that we could take our power back. So it's kind of that, this larger view of perspective I have where it's all perfect, but at the same time, we're taking our power back and we're learning who we are and we're questioning reality in a new way. And um, I don't know exactly what's happening. I just know that it's very different than what we're being shown. And um, yeah. just just from people that I've met in my own life or, you know, even yeah, it's, it's definitely, uh, it's obvious to me that this is a time. This is, I think there's more transformation that will happen in this lifetime than has happened in maybe thousands of lifetimes in the past. And that's because we're going through this at a mass level. It just looks kind of crazy while the purging is happening. Yeah. <laughs> it's oh, yeah. just funny to me thinking about like what the narrative is for most people, which is like someone ate a bat in Wuhan and, <laughs> you know, and yeah. then, then like, like very like sort of coincident or accidental almost, as opposed to what I'm hearing from you and what I, I know Zoe and I agree is like, nothing is happening by chance this wasn't like a big act this was something that like you came every person came here for right to yeah collectively create that and that's just like such an empowered place to come from rather than like well it really sucks that like this string of unfortunate events unfolded and now we're here like it's really not that right you know? yeah, yeah. Uh, i agree because we, we've all been intending for this awakening, whether we were aware of it or not. We've intended, you know, as Abraham speaks about the rockets of desire, you know, we've all wished for, as a collective, more freedom, more love, all these better ways of being and, you know, treating our earth a lot better and connecting more with nature. And, you know, there are so many ways in which everyone has received that through this last year, but we're moving into, you know, a new world that one where we're more connected, like we're coming yeah. from our heart space with everything that we do, like everything that, that you spoke about, Aaron, is like, this is your path. Like you're leading the way for so many people by choosing to follow your heart space. So we're all connected yes. through that space. We're all walking each other exactly. home essentially. 100%. And, uh, yeah. And it, it's to be celebrated, even though, I mean, it's celebrated just like ayahuasca ceremony, like the purge happens, but then what's on the other side of that is everything that you've um intended for and you know everything you came here for yeah i agree 100 percent. things need to fall apart before they fall back together yeah <laughs> exactly 2020 has been you know a bit of a year of chaos if you want to call it that um yeah so i mean 
I, I don't know, Zoe, if you have like more questions, something that I'd love to ask as we sort of like reach, you know, come to the end here um, is people that are, you know, maybe starting a YouTube channel or starting a podcast or doing something different has always been in the back of their mind. Because I know, I think that that is like something that's planted within us, you know, before we even like enter into this experience. I know for me, I definitely know for Zoe and what you're telling us, Aaron, is like we just inherently intuitively know that like there's there's a bigger life out there for us or just one where we feel really free, one where we get to create whatever it is that we want. And what I see a lot of is like people know that that's there, but there's just this like huge wall of resistance in order to get started and to stay, you know, taking action or to keep showing up for the life that you want. Um, mm -hmm. What advice would you give to someone who's like, I know that there's more out there for me, but I'm terrified or my family won't like they're just they're letting themselves be held back from getting started or from continuing on and being consistent. Yeah, it's, it, for me, it's really about being aware of the ego. The, that's mainly the ego that wants to keep you safe. So yeah. once you realize that it's like, you know, you, you can choose to live in the head with the ego or you could choose to live with like the heart and follow the passion and the purpose. Mm -hmm. And you can, and by, and by doing and choosing which one just realize there's going to be a pull on the ego that doesn't, cause the ego wants to control too. It doesn't, the uncertainty freaks the ego out and it doesn't know what's going to happen. And you know, a lot of success as well is, is creating boundaries. Like I remember when I first started on YouTube, I had friends that wanted to hang out. And I was so busy going to work 40 hours a week and making videos 30, 40 hours a week that I didn't have time to hang out. And if I didn't have boundaries and say, no, I'm sorry, I got this vision that I'm, I'm creating this, you know, I, I have to stay focused on this, then that, that would have fell away. So a lot of the consistency comes from having boundaries and knowing that it'll be worth it, knowing that it's mm -hmm. like your soul calling you and that it's something that you want from a soul level, from a deeper, from a heart level than the mind level. So it's being aware that the doubts the, uh, the inconsistencies, it's just an old pattern. It's an old personality structure. It's an old identity. You're letting it go now. And when you don't identify with it, it's easier to let go of. When you identify yeah. with it, how, how can you let go of something that's a part of you? You know, it's like when people want to lose weight, the problem with losing weight is that it's like losing your keys. You didn't try to find it again. It's a part, you're reasserting the old identity, you know? Mm -hmm. So yes, there'll be doubts from the old identity, but that's because it's the old identity. It's not who you are anymore. You can choose to be the new version and then trust the heart, live from the heart, live from authenticity and, uh, stay consistent by creating boundaries and stay consistent because you made a choice. It's who you are. It's not what's going to get you yeah. there. It's who you are. So you're making that choice every day because it is who you prefer to be. Yes. Mm -hmm. and anything is possible as Aaron <laughs> exactly. has shown us you know like three years I think you said like it's relatively speaking a small period of time it is, to yeah. have just such a completely different life but it's like yeah. all about honoring yourself trusting yourself building that relationship with yourself it all comes yes. back to you the it more the, the inner transformation yeah the more you can love yourself work on yourself have that inner transformation that's you know it has to change the change starts with you starts within and then you get the everything on the outside in the in the 3d <laughs> yeah it's funny yeah. anytime i anytime i know that i'm like experiencing stagnation in my business or in, in like in general i know that it means i'm stagnating in my personal life so i need to do something outside my comfort zone so for example mm -hmm. i've been making videos for a long time i've been doing the same thing internet marketing have an email list i'm like no i need to like do something I wouldn't normally, I need to do live events. I need to do virtual live events. I need to do it in the way that I can with the, with the situation we have right now. 
And then by stepping into that unknown more, it like opens up a whole new world because mm-hmm. I, I, it's a, my business is a direct reflection of me and my growth is a direct reflection of me. So if I want my business to grow, I have to personally grow, which means I have to step into the unknown. I have to do something new. I have to be more bold. I have to like, you know, get a little bit out of that comfort zone, you know? Yes. Yeah. Reach for that discomfort so you can become comfortable with the discomfort and just grow into that yes, expand. powerful version of yourself. Yeah. Oh yeah. I hope people really hear what you're saying there too, about like my business and, and your whole life is a reflection of me mm-hmm. and who I'm being like that. Oh yeah. What, and I, and I, and that's one thing like with the whole world of manifestation that I just don't hear talked about. And it's sort of like, think about this thing that you want and then it, you'll just, you know, have a million dollars land in your lap like no not if you're not being the version of you who's capable of making a million dollars yeah yeah it's yeah. it's how you how you do one thing is how you do everything i've been listening to this guy he's an internet marketer guy but his name's sam ovens he's a real high level guy oh, yeah. though and and he's awesome and he, he like he talks about how um like for example if you want your customers to love your products and not ever return products then you as a person and if you want people to invest in coaching, then you better have a coach. You know, mm-hmm. if you want people to not return your products, then you better not return products or you better, you know, like it, it's all a direct reflection. And if uh, the, like one of the main things he talks about is just like extreme focus and knowing how you do one thing and how you do everything. So if like if your fitness isn't on point, then probably there's other bi- aspects of the business that are optimized. So if you haven't optimized your health, you probably haven't optimized your business. It's all just a reflection. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's like how you do one thing is how you do everything. So recently I've been like, I have a lot more health goals than I had for like three months because I was in a big yin phase of my life. And so it's like, I'm, I'm, as I optimize this, it's funny because I'm also optimizing my business and it's very easy to do because of that. So it's interesting how literal of a, of a reflection it actually is. Yes. I love that. The universe is your mirror and tune Mm -hmm. into those places where you're feeling stagnant or you're not as fulfilled or seeing the success or seeing the results that you would like. It's how can you go to work on yourself to transform that? Yes. Yes. Well, um, I mean, thank you so much, Aaron. This is just like, I hope you guys made notes. Uh, (laughs) and I I, I assume that, you know, uh, the large majority of our audience already knows who you are and we'll link all your stuff in the show notes, but where can we find you on the worldwide web? My, my main focus nowadays is actually on my podcast. Which is the oh, awesome. Aaron Dowdy? It's the Aaron Dowdy podcast on iTunes and and Spotify. And I do podcast episodes Tuesday and Friday. I still have YouTube videos that go out three times a week now. I decided yesterday, so Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays. And uh, I'd love to have you guys on. So you guys should come on mine. Oh my oh, gosh, that would that be, be awesome! So fun. <laughs> I know. I don't. We haven't actually done an interview as Lo and Zoe yet. No. We have to. We have to figure it out. Can... Normally, I do them in person, so I'm making an exception here. but but we could figure it out maybe we could do like a zoom thing because i also i like it on video yeah cool cool we'll figure it out we'll We'll figure it out yeah well when we one thing i want to end the podcast with is that uh each day lauren and i send each other acknowledgements and this helps us we do one acknowledgement for ourselves and one acknowledgement for the other person and that helps us uh really step into that next identity it's an identity thing yeah yeah. the way you talk the way you talk about yourself yeah yeah So I want to end the podcast off by just acknowledging you, Aaron, for just being someone who really chose to step into your truth that, um, you know, years ago, it must have been so challenging to wake up uh, when you did, just based on how many people in the world were 
woke versus now <laughs> right <laughs> but just yeah. really choosing to follow your truth and just really expand vulnerably and share uh, as vulnerably as you have on YouTube, on your podcast and everything that you do, because that truly does the heavy lifting for other people. Just speaking about your past and how you've healed your past and moved forward. It's, um, I mean, it's transformed and helped me in my own journey so much. Uh, I, I really actually remember, especially coming back from Rhythmia and having like a radical, like next level awakening yeah. after that <laughs> experience, like something way deeper than I was like, oh, I'm, I'm already awake. And then all of a sudden I was like, oh my gosh, this is a lot, but your content truly helped me and I know that I'm not the only one out there. Yeah. So just thanks for being yourself. Thank you guys. Thank you guys yeah. uh, so much. And for the energy you guys share with the world as well. You guys both have unique perspectives on, uh, you know, everything you guys teach and I find it very valuable and you guys both also have great energy. So thank you guys. Oh, well, thank you. Thanks, Just all warm and fuzzy now. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right. Well, uh, thanks again, Aaron. And, um, yeah. Any last words? Stay abundant. No. And curious. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> I love it. Thank you guys for having me on. And thank you for everyone that tuned in. All right. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. Thank you guys so much for spending a piece of your day with us and tuning in to The Low and Zo Show. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to rate it and share on social media. Be sure to tag us. Until next time, stay abundant. <laughs>